Grinders. Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. If you want to follow me there on Twitter, and it's Thursday, it's still NBA. It's NBA time on Thursday. We got a six game slate today. We'll touch on a little bit, I guess, uh, later on in the show. As always, uh, 11 o'clock in the morning. What the hell do we know about the NBA, right? Every every single day. So, oh, this may be a quiet day. It ain't. It ain't it's never a quiet day. There's always going to be the who's in, who's out. This guy did the half a team sit up, whole team sits out. So what's the point? People people message me. Oh, I see comments. Like, oh, you, uh, how come you barely covered that day's slate? Seven, eight hours early. It's like there's a reason for that. Because what's the point? What is the point? But the, most of the stuff that you look at now is not going to matter eight hours from now. Uh, that's why you have Grinders Live. That's why you have Crunch Time later in the day here at Roto Grinders. But uh, but here here's what we do. What we do in the morning, we we review. We review yesterday's slate. I answered DFS strategy questions. Most of the time, I'm answering the same questions over and over again. Right. So you could watch. You know, every every two or three weeks, cycle through the, the common the common questions that people ask. And I re-explain everything, but that's fine. I don't mind if you're new. If you're new here, I don't mind. It's the old people. It's the people I see in the chat all the time that are like, haven't I said this a million times? Those are the people I kind of get a little, little upset about. But uh, but if you want, give me those dummy thumbs. Dummy thumbs in the chat. Dummy thumbs. Give me the subscribe buttons. Give me the notification bells. Give me the good morning. Suki Singh. Always, rarely, rarely isn't the first person to say good morning. Good morning, card fan. Christopher Donaldson. Trey. Kickstart, yeah, two disco, right? I know. Nerdy Tenor, Nerdy Tenor did very well last night. Uh, Daniel Hutchings, who's normally here in the chat, Raider, Raider Seven Hundred Seven Nation. He's 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 a premium member. He's in the NBA chat. He was posting a hundred thousand yesterday. Some RG members, Jay Steed, twenty two. Did I mean placed up there? I I did. I came in uh, fourth, fourth in the forty dollars single entry. Right, that's for for about a thousand seven fifty. I I made like about a thousand bucks overall. Uh, yesterday on uh on about six hundred dollars worth of entries right I, i've been playing somewhere between five and seven hundred dollars worth of entries uh, a night in nba i play more in uh in uh, mlb but for now nba the way it is right i had wrestling last night right I, dynamite so i didn't want to have 150 liners so i had to swap had to swap a ton yesterday right yesterday was a was an eventful slate uh if you took advantage of late swap uh didn't mean you did, didn't even mean that you really did well. Uh, as long as basically, if you could have avoided uh, Isaiah Jackson getting injured on the first play of the Pacers game, uh, you probably you probably did decently, right? And I was under the field on Jackson, but I mean, out of my fifty lineups, I had him in forty percent of my lineups. So it's that it's like Osman also didn't perform very well. I mean, he did. Uh, he got there, I guess uh, seventeen point seven five. I mean, but if, as long as you didn't have Isaiah Jackson. And of course, the person to benefit the most if Isaiah Jackson got injured was Terry Taylor, the Red Rooster, for, for the wrestling fans out there. Uh, I had a bunch of, it, it was weird. Uh, I still had, out of my 50 lineups, I had six lineups with uh, Terry Taylor in it because he still projected decently because uh, the Pacers had no front court depth. Like whatever Isaiah Jackson wasn't going to play and whatever Tory Craig wasn't going to play, like Terry Taylor was going to play. So he was projected for like 20 to 22 minutes. At, at what, 3,500 or whatever. So he still projected decently. He still projected median for like 19, 20 points. So he's still playable, right? So I had him. I had him in my pool. Obviously, I grouped out Jackson and and Taylor so they wouldn't appear in the same lineup. Uh, 
And I, I ran a uh, hundred to get my 50. Cause like, cause sometimes you get garbage at the bottom and you skim them out. I skimmed out a lot of the Terry Taylor laps. Originally out of my hundred, I got like 30% Terry Taylor. Okay. And then I skimmed out to get it down to like, to like 8% Terry Taylor. Right. It's like, okay, what lineups can I get rid of? Okay. The low, the low projected lineups. Okay. So that, there's like 10 lineups at the bottom. that are garbage. You get rid of those. And then you have 40 left. And it's like, okay, which guy, uh, who, who do I have way too much of? It seems like I have way too much of Terry Taylor. I haven't projected for like, like four or 5% ownership. And it's like, how much Terry Taylor do I want? So I started eliminating those lineups. Well, maybe I shouldn't have, maybe I should have, shouldn't have. Uh, but uh, the thing is I, uh, in my, in my exposures, I uh, lowered my exposures to earlier games as much as I, I not totally. I still played a bunch of Jeremy Lamb, 7.75 points. He always lets me down. Jeremy Lamb always looks like a good value. Even the Pacers are shorthanded. Doesn't matter. It sucks anyway. Uh, so, so like by default, I'm like, when in doubt, like I had a lot of Clarkson, right? Knowing that I could obviously swap out of that. I had Clarkson and, and Bogdanovich and, uh, and Jokic, right? Not knowing whether or not Jokic is going to play or whatever. And a lot of people, Jokic would have came in under-owned. Clarkson may have came in under on with the question mark there, but I also knew that if I had like salary, I had, you know, Harden and Kyrie, you know, like late guys, I played a lot of Luca and that went past eight 30, but then once all the news started coming in past eight 30 or even before a little bit before then, I just, I had all the monies, all the monies to, to swap out a bunch of stuff. So I had, by the end of it, I had like 60% Will Barton, 50% Jeff Green, who got into foul trouble, right? Right. He projected well. Like they had Zeke, Zeke and Anaji, right? All, all, all basically the Nuggets, the Jazz, because you had like Trent Forrest, you had Conley got an upgrade, you know, all these guys like in, in the projections just like just shot up. Right. If we knew all this information before, and you would have had flooded your lineups with Nuggets and Jazz and and mostly Nuggets and Jazz. Uh and uh, they really didn't come through. I mean, Barton kind of, I mean, Barton kind of got there. Or if we take a look yeah, Barton, like compared to the field, he was, he showed up in more 1% lineups than the field, right? 21 to, to 17, right? I mean, Osmond showed up in 25% of top 1% lineups only because he was like 50% owned. I did not expect that. If I knew Osmond was going to be 50% owned, I would have had much less of him. And I had like maybe 38% or something. Right. But I had him projected for like, like I think 36% ownership or something. I mean, still high ownership, but not 50. And I had Jackson for, for around, around where he was about 54 or something. So I got, I got a fair amount, but not as much as, as the field and Brandon Goodwin, he got an upgrade. So I had a, a whole bunch of him. So I was over the field on Goodwin. Of course, I, I underestimated his ownership. I put Goodwin's ownership at like 26. He came in at 39 and a half, right? So I had a lot of guys. The one, the one, the one guy on this entire slate that I do not get, at least maybe the other places had him projected better, is Barquise Chris at 3,000. When that, when that Mavericks game locked, and I'm like, why is Marquise Chris 21% owned? Because in, in our in our projections, he, he he projected like he's gonna play 18 minutes or something, right? 16 minutes. I don't know what he was, I don't know what, but it was low. It was low enough that it wasn't even a consideration for me. 
right? My player, my player pool in, of the Mavericks, I had Luca, I had Dorian Finney-Smith, and I had Maxi Kleber, right? Because Porzingis is out. So it's like, okay, those, those, are, those are the guys, right? I didn't even consider Marquise Chris. And then when I saw 21% ownership, seemed seemed weird to me. I mean, if we take a look at the Dallas ownership, right? Yeah, oh, I also had Bullock. I had Bullock in my player pool also. Although I, I think I, I didn't even get him, right? He, he, yeah, he got 43 points. Kleber got 38 points, right? Finney Smith, nothing really, right? Chris, dud. It must have been some other side around the industry or something that projected Chris. It, as long as, as if you project Chris for like 22 or 23 minutes, and he's like over a fantasy point per minute type of player, then I can understand why you could get a bunch of them. But if you project him for like 16 minutes, there's, there's no, there's, there's really no reason for 21% ownership here. So I, I don't know that that was the thing that flummoxed me because I did, I did not factor in 21% ownership for Marquise Chris. But if we take a look at some of the late games, for instance, like we take a look at the, at the Denver ownership. I mean, look, I mean, talk about an edge. I mean, yes, yes, they didn't get there. That's not the point, right? That Davon Reed was the one to get there. Uh, but basically, Barton, Ninaji, Green, J. Michael Green a little bit, right? If we knew this information, if we knew the news that Jokic and Aaron Gordon were not going to play, Will Barton would have been 40% owned. Zeke would have been 20% owned. Jeff Green would have been 20% owned. Like, the efficient ownership is way higher than this. So if you played them, you got you got positive expected value. You got, you got uh, positive leverage from them. Same for the Utah stuff, right? I mean, look, I mean, look at this ownership. It's like, look, Trent Forrest, one point nine, Royce O'Neal, two point nine, Gay three, Butler three point four, Conley six, Pascal six. Doesn't matter if they got there or not. That's not the point. Bojan Bogdanovic, right? It, 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 unless you got the exact right people, it didn't really work out. But the ownership shouldn't have been this low. Take a look at Portland. I mean, look, barely any ownership on Portland. I, I, had, I had some normal Powell. I had some nerd. I had a couple of these guys only because I was saving a lot of lineups for the, for the later games. And they just filled out lineups. Right? Sacramento, like I had a bunch of Halliburton. Because once I start plugging in cheaper Denver and Utah guys, I have to pay up somewhere for raw points. So I got a lot of Halliburton in my lineups. Then who, who else was late? Right, Brooklyn, right? Harden was 25% owned. Right, Harden, look at look at Harden and Irving's score. Everything went through Claxton, apparently, but he was barely owned. Who did Brooklyn play? Brooklyn, Sacramento, Portland. Was there anything else late? The Lakers? Yeah, Davis, Monk, Westbrook. They probably gained a little bit more ownership because of late swaps and everything like that. But late swap was late swap was valuable yesterday, even if it if it didn't turn out to be. Like the greatest thing. Right, we take a look at Nerdy Tenor, right? 28% exposure to Terry Taylor. Way to go. But 30% to Lamb. Right, we take a look at Nerdy Tenor's exposures. Looks very looks very similar to mine. <laughs> looks very similar to mine. Very flat. Nothing that much, right? Luca, Goodwin, Carter. I had a bunch of Carter, a bunch of Osmond, Lamb, Embiid, Barton, Mobley, Halliburton. Gafford, yeah, I had a ton of Gafford. Yeah, it looks looks look, exposure wise, it looks very similar to my types of lineups. 
makes sense since we're, we're both using RG projections. Raider Nation only had 20 lineups, right? Yeah, 45% Isaiah Jackson, right? But still got there with one of the lineups. We look at uh, across, the, across the field, right? So Isaiah Jackson. Okay, I don't see people that went nuts with him. E. Hafner got 86% of them. Ship my money, playing a little bit more contrarian on this slate, much less on both. But Brandon Goodwin across the board, if you didn't play Brandon Goodwin, you weren't paying attention, especially when he was announced as a starter. We had a projected for 29 minutes. I mean, he we went for 10x in a guard spot. I had Goodwin in, I don't know, 40-plus percent of my lineups. We look down here, mixed on Embiid. Marquise Chris, yeah, I guess Marquise Chris, depending on where, where you get projections from. I mean, let, let's take a look. This cheese and nerdy tenor. Like cheese is obviously from, from Roto Grinders. Nerdy tenor, Roto Grinders primarily. Me using Roto Grinders projections. Petty Theft had zero, and Petty Theft does his own stuff. But Squirrel Patrol at 22% of Marquis Chris. I don't know. I don't know. I just, I, did I miss something? I mean, obviously it worked out. He only had 11 points. Like Kyle Kuzma. Seemed across the board. Most people didn't pay seventy five hundred for Kyle Kuzma, but you take a look at Will Barton. Take a look at take a look at the swaps. Take a look at the swappy swaps. Other than JBC, even Royal Pain. Like if you had spots like Will Barton, 64, 75, 47, 47, right? A lot of late swaps. Like Gafford was. I guess it depends on what you thought of center. Go through, right? Look, look at Zeke, right? Because the only way you get to Zeke is when when Jokic gets rolled out. You don't play Zeke normally. Looks like Cheese didn't swap to any Zeke. But here are the Zeke swappers, right? He got twenty points. That's seven uh, X for thirty one hundred. Not like horrible, right? It increases the Halliburton exposure. We go down here, right? Jeff Green. Here's some more. Here, Petty Theft, right? Forty four point seven. Jeff Green. He got two fouls like five minutes into the game and then never recovered. Right. Nurkic, Harrison. Yeah. Can you see a lot of later guys with higher Jared Butler, right? Like Jared Butler ain't a play if Clarkson's in. So you can see Chipotle, Royal Payne. They swap to a bunch of Butler. Go through. Yeah. There's not much else. So yeah. Like J. Michael Green. Right? That, that, that's only a play with the Nuggets news. Trent Forrest, same thing. With the jazz stuff. Okay. But yesterday shows the importance of late swap. Do you plan for it? Do you not plan for it? Half and half. I mean, some people could have just said, I, I'm, I'm going to just fade. I'm going to fade every game until 830 or whatever. Barely play anyone. And just wait for, wait for the late stuff. You could have done that. But obviously, sometimes you get burned doing that. Sometimes you wait for the late stuff and Clarkson's in and Jokic is in and Gordon's in. And next thing you know, you're sitting there going, yeah, I'm pretty much just pretty much have efficiently priced players now. Oh, well. Right. Or and then sometimes a ton of news happens. Everything opens up and you're the only one that could capitalize by having like six guys from the same team, like with the Warriors situation yesterday. Imagine that was a late thing. Right. We did. Let's say that Warriors situation from the other day. It was not till 930 that Curry and Wiggins and all those guys were out. Like you'd be sitting there going. 
I don't have any spots for these people. One way isn't good or not. It's just that when you're late swapping, like I'm more inclined to jam because the ownership we saw with like Will Barton. Will Barton would have been 40% owned and probably should have been 40% owned with Jokic and Gordon out. Ended up being 17% owned. That's such a drastic difference in ownership that you're gaining so much by hopping on those situations. Going through the YouTube chat, Daniel says yesterday was a swap catastrophe. Well, not for you. Doesn't matter. A lot of your lineups may have, may have gone downhill, but I mean, having an ROI of $46,000 uh, on on the large field GPP is not uh, is not a catastrophe. Let's see. Do, 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 do. Come through, James Thrash. When comparing the lineups, how do you accounting for event based scoring while looking at medians versus linear based scoring as to which lineups? I'm not necessarily sure. I'm not really sure what the question is asking. The projections are the projections. Pick a number. Use the numbers. The medians don't matter as much with event base, so it could make a difference when narrowing down lineups to play. But they're still, the medians still matter. They're rarely going to, the, the wides with higher medians typically have higher ceilings also, higher probability as well. So now that distribution curve isn't going to look normal. No, it, it isn't. We have to sign a number. That The whole point is assigning a number to something. Do I use the median or do I use the ceiling? Well, whichever one you want. The player, the way that projections are made, especially using like a Monte Carlo method, they're going to come out somewhat normal anyway. Even if in actuality, like in reality, the players' distributions aren't that normal. But when you're running projections and having, you know, 10,000 outcomes, 100,000 outcomes, it's going to end up looking a little bit more normal. The closer to normal that it looks, Use what it would, whatever side, whatever, whatever percentile on that curve you want to use. As long as you use it down the board, that's perfectly fine. As far as being directionally accurate, I know Daniel will, will, will you know, technically, technically, what I said is not like completely correct, but directionally, you'll, you'll, you'll make, you'll make your lineups will be, won't be off by that. Kickstart says Chris was meant to be a sneaky tournament play. When the okay, so another site was talking about that. Sneaky. I did he project well elsewhere? Because I look elsewhere, and I didn't even. I mean, like I looked, I looked elsewhere. That's the that that's why it threw me off. Like when I do when I do look at projection models around the industry, not just at Roto Grinders, to see if there's a huge discrepancies. Where, one, where we, we project for 16 minutes and another site projects for 24 minutes. I didn't see that unless I missed it. I, that's, that's why I'm asking. So I didn't, ca- I didn't catch that. I guess it's good. I mean, it just surprised me. I mean, like like Isaiah Jackson's ownership doesn't surprise me. Seti Osman's ownership didn't surprise me. Goodwin's ownership didn't surprise me. I'm almost surprised that Terry Taylor was 5% owned. But he was projecting decently. I mean, like, like, like most places were giving 18 to 22 minutes to Terry, Terry Taylor anyway. Because the Pacers front court is decimated. And then Jackson gets injured. And then Torrey Craig is now playing like backup center. They had no one. All right. Daniel says if uh, if sites talk about a play these days, I don't think it's going to be sneaky anymore. I don't think how could it be sneaky if it's not in the projections? 
then it just makes no sense. That that's the point that I'm making. Like to me, a, a, a player cannot be sneaky and be not for like if I look and I go, okay, let's take a look at a sneaky play. I'm gonna go to, to go to where? Go to who? Who am I gonna go to? The Clippers. Right? I'm gonna look through, you know who's a sneaky play? Nicholas Batum. Like it, it's not he doesn't project well. If it was that good of a play, he would project better, right? I mean, like that, that's that's the point. It's like it really can't be sneaky as if it's in the numbers, it's in the numbers. You know, is a sneaky play today? Gary Trent Jr. Well, it's not sneaky. He's the highest salary adjusted value player currently in our projections on the slate. He's not going to be sneaky. The kickstart says either, either way at 20%, he's an awful play. Yeah, at 20, dude, he wasn't even in my player pool. Like he didn't even make the cut. I mean, he didn't, I mean, he didn't make anything. So yeah, 20% he's an awful dude. I I he may have been projected for 1% owned on Roto Grinders, and I thought that was overall. Right, so at 20%, thank you. I mean, whoever whoever put him in as a sneaky play, thank you very much. Maybe some money. Right, so instead of making a 1,000, if he did, if they moved, if people moved to Gafford, people played Chris over Gafford? How nuts is that? What, what was Gafford's ownership was, was decent enough, right? Let's see, what's uh, Gafford's ownership? Let's go to... Okay, let me uh, filter by team, Washington. Gafford's ownership was 15%. How in the world is Chris, who is like, who's going to be paying backup minutes for the Mavericks, more owned than the starting center for the Wizards? Baffles me. I didn't want to play Gafford because he's going against Embiid, right? Is that is that the reason? It's already factored in the projections. There's no way that you can't tell me that that Chris was was projected better than Gafford for like the same price. I mean, it's not like Kleber was even that. It's, I mean, let, let me go to Dallas. Kleber was 4,100. So why not play Kleber? Yeah, Chris is 3,000. But Goodwin was also 3,000. How many $3,000 guys do you need in your life? I don't know. I don't know why 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 I'm, but it turns into the Marquise Chris show. Only because that was the thing that just stood out so much. The Daniel said he has two, he had two percent Chris. So maybe that's sneaky, having a little bit of it. But with my methodology, I would have had I I don't I don't see at his projection on on how I would have gotten any of it. What was let, let's let's go here. Let's uh let me pull up another window. Because we could go to yesterday's slate. You could do this in lineup HQ. You could go to Previous slates in lineup HQ. You could use this calendar feature up here in the navigation and go back to yesterday's slate. And it'll show you the projection and the actual. Won't show you the ownership though. That that hopefully is coming at some point. I want to see the act, I want to see the projected ownership and the actual ownership also. So we go to Marquis Chris, right? Chris. We had him, we had him projected at 16.85. 5.6 fantasy points per dollar, which is not like horrible, but like Goodwin was way better and Osmond was better. Like that, maybe he shows up in some lineups or something like that, right? I mean, even his player props. I mean, if you take a look at the, the like eight, eight and a half points, five and a half rebounds, half of an assist, half a made three. I mean, that 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 projects for around maybe 16. 
So if he was six, if he was projected for 16.85 at 3000 at 20% ownership, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't have gotten any. I, I, I literally would have had none. There's a difference between him and Good, Goodwin projected for 28.4 fantasy points. Okay. And what did Goodwin come in as? Let's go to Cleveland. Goodwin came in at 39 and a half percentage points. So at 40. So to drop from Goodwin to Chris, same price, obviously different position. You're losing 20 percentage points of ownership, but you're, you're sacrificing 12 points in projection. Like that's nuts. Like that, that that's not worth it. Right. Even well, obviously we didn't know that Zeke was going to be in, but Zeke projected for 28, 3,100. So like I would get him. I would, what did Zeke came in at what? 9% or something. Denver. 11.5%. Yeah. Based on all these actual, like, yeah, there's no way Chris ends up in any of my lineups. He actually becomes the most overrun player on the slate, possibly. You can make better lineups with you can make better, you can make lineups that are six, seven points better projected for lower ownership that don't have it. If I knew that Chris was 20% of and I didn't, and I didn't play him anyway because he didn't project well as well as, as it is. Enough, enough so. Uh, Kickstarter said only way Chris worked out for you is if you had the spot to swap him to Zeke or Uzabake when that news dropped. Is that the reason people were doing it? And they left him in? I, I don't know. Kickstart says, I think it just comes down to him being 3K and he's a solid fantasy point per minute. To use the same logic for him as you did Taylor, I guess. No, you can't. Taylor was guaranteed. Taylor was going to play. Taylor was rejected for more minutes. The Pacers had no one in the front court. Torrey Craig was playing power forward. Jackson was playing center. The only other front court player for the for the Pacers was Taylor. So those three guys were going to take up all the minutes at power forward and center. So you're going to give Torrey Craig, what, 36 minutes? Jackson, 36, and then Terry Taylor would have to pl- finish the rest. That's still, that's 24 minutes between them. So let's say Craig plays 38 minutes instead. And Jackson plays, thir- like, you're still talking about 20 minutes. You're still talking about 20 minutes there. Do you think Marquise Chris was going to play over 20 minutes? Probably not. And Marquise Chris is going to be playing on the court with Brunson and Bullock and some other guys. And Terry Taylor is going to be on the court without Laverne for a lot of the, of a lot of it. So like, I guess he gets a little bit more of a usage. Point. Well, that's why he was projected better for 3,500. So it's not just like, what's the difference between? Yeah. Yeah. If, if Taylor, if, if, uh, if O'Shea Brissett, for instance, was in, then, then, then him, Terry Taylor and Chris would be like the same. Because now Terry Taylor would be projected for 14 to 16 minutes. I don't see how you project Chris for anything more than 18 minutes. I mean, I don't know how much you're supposed to give him. That's the reason. Jupaculus says, I wish it saved the RG value and smash percentage too. Yeah. Yeah, they're the old, the, the historical projections. All I care about, I, I care more. I don't care about the smash and the RGV. I care more about the ownership, the, the projected ownership versus the actual ownership. Then it'll be easy to go through instead of me having to like edit everything in my in my own lineup HQ. To go, okay, well, I had him for, you know, I had Luca for this many points at this ownership and he came in actual this and this. So I go, had I known X, I would have played this. It would be much easier. 
Enbot, Enbot makes a, a great point. I don't know how you play anyone with a projection of 15-ish points on the slate as large as last night. That, that, that is true as well. The slate of that size, I, don't, I really, I, I don't want to play anyone that's playing less than 20 minutes. And even that is, that, that is cutting it. Plus it's Boban, I guess, right? Boban is at 8 million points per minute, right? That, that, that maybe you can get away with. But yeah, no, no, I think, I think you make a very good point. On a nine-game slate, why, why, why are you playing 3K? God? Why are you playing in large field GPPs? Like 15 points, it's not going to be enough. So why even bother? Are you just assuming Kleber gets hurt or something? Are you assuming some weird rotation? I get an A. Hey, if Chris was 1.5% owned, I probably wouldn't care that much. I, I wouldn't have even pointed it out, right? I mean, like, literally, we wouldn't even be talking about it. So I wouldn't have noticed anything because it's like, who's playing Marquise Chris? But in my, 40, in my $40 single entry contest, Marquise Chris was 24.8% owned. That's where I first noticed. I'm like, what did I, what, what did I miss? Like, what am I dodging? I see someone with 11 point Chris there. I go, oh, that's a weird play. And then I go and I check the ownership at 24%. I just found it more weird because I do monitor everything around the industry. All the projection models and everything. So it's like, it didn't seem to stand out to me anywhere else. Unless I missed it. But obviously, because updates come in all the time in NBA. So I'm not like, you know, oh, let me take a look at this. And then this time, and then this time. and then, So maybe I did miss it. But yeah, you're right. You're probably not playing a guy with a 15-point median projection on a nine-game slate. With already with value. Already, you already had Goodwin. You already had Osmond. And then you had late news that could open up a million other things. So like, why are you playing Marquise Chris? You're right. Why are you playing NBA DFS tonight anyway? It's a six-game slate. Is Gary Trent going to keep on going ham? Is he going to still is going to shoot eight million percent from the floor still? Is today a letdown spot? I mean, take a look at his game log. I mean, look at these three points. Like, like six, look, look at look at his shooting from three. He's shooting what 50, 50 plus percent from from three the three point line. Taking twenty eight shots against Miami. I played him in that game. I play, I played him and I I had him in a lot of these games. But now, as of right now, there's really there's what what's the, what are we waiting for? Oh, we're waiting for a ton of stuff. Oh, look at this. What's the point? What's the point of going over NBA today's slate in the morning? What's the point of and, and ever doing this? Look at this. Look at these Q tags. Deontay Murray. Well, that's a big deal. Cade Cunningham. That's a pretty big deal. Jimmy Butler. That's a big deal. Beverly. Probably not. Zubach. Well, you could always get Ibaka or Hartenstein. Trey Young, that's that's a that's a decent deal, right? D'Angelo Russell, Lowry, Fox. Are these guys in? I mean, come on. They're all in, and that's a fairly boring slate. But we take a look at the late news, right? What the late news would be. Zubach, Porter doesn't matter that much. Fox, everything is kind of already priced in for Fox to be. Like, if Fox is out... Like, it just goes from, is anyone on Sacramento playable? If Fox is in, like, no one is playable. But that's pretty much what it goes, right? Because with Fox in, look at, look, at these, look at these projections. Not very good. So Fox is out. It just makes these guys, like, in the playable range, not, like, great. So maybe I don't care that much about late news. 
Because even even if Zubac doesn't play, like I know Ibaka had a great game the, the other day, but I'm not all that thrilled about playing Hartenstein or Ibaka regardless. So maybe there's not that much late news. Maybe it's Pop, Popovich. Because right, if Murray's out, I mean, then we're starting to jam in all the Spurs. Right? And also they have no centers. So Eubanks is probably probably going to be popular at 3,300. But you take out Deontay Murray, then it's Derek White and John. It's everyone. It's Lonnie Walker. I'm going to have a ton of them because he's, he's, he's massive usage now on the, on the, on the Spurs. It's like 36 minutes. It has to go somewhere. But I think we'll get that news before. I, I think we'll, I, for some reason, I think we're going to have the, the, the Yontay Murray news before 7 o'clock. Butler, I don't know. Butler, Lowry, because this is a similar situation. If Lowry's back and everyone's healthy, Miami is, there's no, I really, there's nothing to really play on Miami. Now, if Butler's out, Lowry be, just becomes an okay play. Like that, all these. If 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 one of these guys is out, if one of Butler and Lowry out, Miami just becomes like they're playable, right? Not great. Not oh my god, I got to jam him in, but just like they're playable. If both Butler and Lowry out, now now we're getting into value territory. Now we're getting into okay. Now, woo, let's see. Right, if everyone's out, then we start jamming in heat everywhere. Then add a bio gets a bump and everything but if everyone's in like not that appealing of a team but i mean the, the projections on the slate if everyone's in is not all not all that great anyway i mean take a look and gary trent steph curry devin booker Derek white and they're only like salary adjusted plus what one two points right how much is two points it's a buck that's it right pascal siakam 1.43 right that's, that's a what an assist one assist is the difference between Siakam and someone at like this level, an assist and a rebound, and Demar Derozan. That's the difference. And I don't, I don't mind slates like this if it stays this way because people could will coalesce around certain people, and the ownership shouldn't be that dramatically different. Kickstart says only thing I can think of is just people listening to shows and playing. Oh, you're talking about Marquis Chris, but that's wild. Yeah, that's wild for that for that much ownership. That isn't reflected in the projections, which means people are manually doing this. That's why that, that's the thing that confuses me. Because it, had, it has to be some other place that has Chris had Chris at like 22 minutes or something. And then you're making lineups and it comes in. I, I don't see 20, 20 plus percent ownership just coming from hand builders. Yeah, but a kickstart, I agree with you. 20% from just word of mouth is pretty insane. Yes, that is pretty insane. Brian Farris says, listen to the Chris talk. I know people swap to him after the Taylor injury or the Jackson injury to get off Goodwin shock. They, no, 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 no. Or maybe, uh, is serious? I don't think so. Goodwin was like 40% on. So no, no, I, I, I don't, I don't see that. Because the Cleveland game was at what? Eight o'clock. The injury happened early. So they're switching off a Goodwin. No, I don't buy that because they do different positions anyway. What was going on at power forward yesterday? Because well, Chris Chris is eligible at power forward center, right? Power forward center. So what was going? Let me let me go to results DB. So let's filter by position. So what's going on at center? So early you had Carter and Embiid. So if you didn't play either of them, like where's all this ownership? 
Where did Chris go? Where are all these people? Where, where, what, what happened? What am, I, what am I doing wrong here? Let me switch contests. I should get Chris there, right? Center. Oh, they don't do filter by position. Okay, now I get it onto power forward. So people had Jackson in their center spot. And then where would they pivot from? They wouldn't have had Pascal. They wouldn't have had any of these people. No, I, I don't got it. No, that, that doesn't make any sense. That that Chris was a pivot. That people pivoted after. They do, no, it doesn't. They, they would have already had that slot filled by either Jackson or one of the high-priced centers, by Carter, Embiid, Mobley, Gafford, something. Yeah, like I, yeah, I don't know. I don't buy. I don't buy the swap. I buy it more that there was some so, someone projected Chris for twenty-two minutes, and at twenty-two minutes, yes, he looks pretty good, right? He would come, at twenty-two minutes. He would come in at like eight x median, right? Because Marquis Chris is like one point two five fantasy point per minute type of guy. Especially if Luca's not on the court or something like that. In that case, right? You multiply twenty-two minutes. Yeah, you're, you're getting like a twenty-six point projection. The projection is almost as good as Goodwin's. If you give him twenty-two minutes, I think we gave him sixteen minutes. So in sixteen minutes, or we probably gave him in the less, maybe fourteen minutes. So I mean that that's the only that's the only way way I could see that for that to be that dramatic of a disparity. Kickstart said, oh, we figured it out. Ben the Better had him projected at 40 points. Oh, his model. And, and Bot says maybe the, the other side had Chris starting? No. Really? Why would, why would the starting lineup for the Mavericks have Chris in it? They would just play another guard. Like, you have Finney Smith, Kleber, Luca, right? They just have, like, what was the starting lineup? We're going on a mystery tour. Do we have the starting lineups from yesterday? Can I go back in time? I don't think I go back in time. But I can still look at yesterday here. Let's look at Dallas. Here, okay, we had the starters in it. Right, Powell's still there. Right, okay, what are we talking about? This makes even less sense. Powell's still in. Powell, Kleber, Finney Smith, Brunson, Luca. Then you have Bullock, uh, Bullock, Burke. Frankie and Josh Green. Yeah, where where does Marquise Chris get 22 minutes? Right, I forgot about Dwight Powell. But did they think that Marquise Chris would play power forward over Kleber? And it would be something like Luca Brunson, DFS, Chris. I, I don't know. They have enough people there. DFS could play, could play power forward, no problem. So between Finney Smith, Kleber, and Powell, where does Marquise Chris get all these minutes? If anything, shooting guard and small forward is where the where the minutes are. I can understand playing Josh Green, for instance. I did play some Josh Green, but not Marquise Chris. Maybe that is that the difference? I don't know. Just trying to figure it out. Just trying to figure, but this is the type of stuff that you want to figure out. Especially when it's like, what did I miss? And it's not based on results. Half of this show has been figuring out why Marquise Chris was over 20% off. And he only got 11 points, right? It was bad if you played him, right? The result was bad. But figuring out why a guy that I didn't even have in my player pool for to make any lineups was 20% owned is something I need to get to the bottom of. 
Obviously, he should have been. He should have been owned. I, 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 that's why I look across the board. I go, is this just some weird thing that happened? And I go, Marquise Chris. And I go, look at the field is twenty one. And I look at Chipotle eighteen, JBC twenty two, Kobe for MVP thirty four, <coughs> Royal Pain ten, Chip my money twenty six. I mean, like. People, I mean, enough people had him. I mean, yes, Petty had zero. Cheese had zero. Ox and Duck, two. Dirty Tender, two. Yeah, I, I get it. Enough, enough people that I study across, across the way had enough of him. Right? Not like 2% of him, but like, look, a decent amount. That I have to figure out why why that happened. And if the, and the answer is, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure. The answer is, we had him projected for like... 14 to 16 minutes, and some other site had a projected for 20 to 22. Not, not a, there's no game theory strategy reason, swap, or re, there's no, it's not that reason. It's a, just basically a projection difference. How many minutes did he actually play yesterday? Do we have that? Where do, where do I find that? Let's go to NBA.com. Okay, we're going to the, let's see what happened yesterday. We're going to the Mavericks game. I'm mean, just looking at results. Mavericks played 14 minutes. So there, tip of the hat. We were right. <coughs> right. Also, uh, then, uh, oh, there's also an overtime game. So you have to knock off five minutes off of some. So Kleber played 37 minutes in regulation. Dorian Finney-Smith, 37. Dwight Powell, barely 13. Yeah, they pretty much just, most of this game, look, look, at, look at what they ran. Pretty much most of this game was Luca, Brunson, Bullock, Finney Smith, Kleber. That was pretty much the whole game. I guess you, you go process over results. So maybe Marquis Chris could have played 22 minutes. Who knows? Because of right here, look, looks like looks like our projections were on the minutes. On the minutes. It was much more accurate, if that's the case. Slick says the other sites promoted him. I, it had, to me, it has nothing, you can't you you can't get you can't get to that ownership by word of mouth by talk. It has to be reflected in projection somewhere. That's the thing that confused me. Well, this guy's a great play. Projects garbage, but I think it's a great play. That that doesn't work. This ain't two thousand and fifteen, two thousand twenty two. It has to be in the numbers also, to some extent. And even in our numbers, it wasn't like it wasn't that bad. Five and a half X, five point six X median, sixteen points for three K. But on a slate this size, you're you're still not playing that guy. Most likely, he probably doesn't show up in many lineups, if any. That's the reason I'm hunting this down. But that's what I would be doing. That that's what I do in the morning. You're looking at the process of what I do in the morning at eleven o'clock in the morning. If, if even if I didn't have this show, that's the whole point of this. This is how you get better. Slick says, I believe they thought it was going to be a blowout. Well, you shouldn't concern yourself about blowouts. That's a hard, that's a horrible way to think to begin with. So good thing. People, people projecting blowout minutes on a nine-game slate. Good luck to that. Well, good luck being profitable long term, going against median projections and projecting blowouts in nine-game slates. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, I do know that there is a slate coming up later today. Right, we got a six-game slate. We got uh, Grinders Live about five o'clock on the YouTube's. Right, we got a new show on the YouTube. We got uh, Grant. Grant is doing like a prop betting show or something. I don't know if that's every day. Maybe it is. 
two o'clock Eastern. They're doing that every day. I don't know. If, it, if, it, if there's a thumbnail there, we're doing it. I don't know. I don't get told anything, right? It just shows up. I see tweets about it. But tune into that if it's around. Got crunch time for premium members. And you can become an RG, Roto-Grinders premium member, right? You could get the most accurate Marquise Chris minutes projections. Roto-Grinders.com slash premium. Click on the link in the description. Get $10 off your first month. Click those uh, thumbs up buttons on your way out the door. Hit the subscribe button if you're new here. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. And I'll be I'll be with you tomorrow, right? We're on a normal schedule now till the all-star break. And then then take a week off of there because there's nothing going on. Well, I got to set up my MMA sheet. So maybe, maybe I could do because I, I I haven't done that in a while. Right. Because MMA was off for like a month as it was. So I got to set that up today. Uh hopefully the waves tomorrow are fine. And uh, maybe share share some of that tomorrow. Uh, but other than that, we got NBA. We got NBA all the time here at Roto Grinders. Uh, so uh, so sign up for the for the Discord. I got a, I got a cr- group coaching call coming up in Zoom. If you're a Roto Grinders premium member and part of the Blenders Game Theory channel, that's Saturday Saturday at noon. Doing another Zoom call for for group coaching, and uh, and I'll I guess I'll see you tomorrow. I'll see you tomorrow. Answering your DFS strategy questions, as I always do, on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com.